amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Oh, Miles here. Your owl post for the week is freshly delivered, and I am just excited, as always, to be here. But I am only one of your hosts, Matthew Rushing, and with me, as she is always, the magical Trey Kaufman. Hello, everyone. Well, hello. 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 I like how we always <laughs> We like, could do this for hours, uh, guys. We could just keep going. Uh, wow. Um, but <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it's it, we've hit those, like, as we're recording this, um, it is the summer of 2018, and I feel like we've just kind of hit those dog days of summer, where the days seem to drag out forever. Yeah, someone, someone yesterday on Facebook had a uh, post with a picture, and it, it was like, oh, pumpkin spice lattes and blah, 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 this fall stuff. Oh, cozy sweaters. And I was like, no, it is too early for that. It is still 100 degrees, like mm-hmm. 112 yesterday. Like, it is not fall yet. No. Like, as much as I want it to be, I cannot convince myself that it's fall when it's still 112 mm-hmm. degrees. So well, and I'm hoping yeah, where we get live, that mindset sooner. It's been warm, too. So I'm right there with you. It's it's like it's 90-something degrees, and it just doesn't feel like fall. Now, I, I can say, and I understand, you know, like when like we used to get the catalogs, you know, in the mail, mm-hmm. they used to send things to you, and you'd be like looking through a J. Crew catalog, and you're like, why are there sweaters in the summer catalog? Well, they're made for people who, like, live in the Northwest for, like, where, you know, <laughs> till July, it can be, like, a day could be like 60 degrees outside, you know? So anyway. Um, I feel like I live in the wrong place. You really I do. Just, I, you really, I really do. I really just, I'm not, mm-hmm. I can handle the weather, but I just, I would much rather be snowed in than heated in, than oh, sunned in. I completely Snow, agree Snowed with you. in over, yep. over sunned in. Yeah. I mean, I've done both because I've lived in Minnesota where it snows like, uh, you know, a ton. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Texas. So, and now I live in the Northwest and it's, I'm, for the most part, I, I'm 100% happy about it. Um, so, yeah. You know what else I'm really happy about, Drea? That that uh, pe- people like us and listen to us even though we spend five minutes going, hello! I know, I know. Abs- it is absolutely what I'm excited about. And and they're so much in, in, in like with us. Uh, is that they leave us reviews. <laughs> There's so much in like, like with, with us. us. They like us. Like they it. really like us. Um, and I they like it yeah. too. <laughs> so we've got a brand new review over on iTunes. And in, this one says, this podcast must have slipped me a love potion because wow, in all caps. Uh, five stars. Um, this is by Lauren Sharp. And um, 
She says this, I've genuinely looked forward to road trips this summer because I've been able to listen to this podcast. Not only does it keep me awake, but time flies by when I'm listening to each episode because it's gold, all caps. Um, Thanks for taking the time to put this together. Andrea and Matt, you also have great podcast voices, if that's a thing. Which it is. It is I'll a thing. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I would I would definitely like to know that I have a voice for podcasting. So uh thank you so much, Lauren. We we are so glad that we have been able to be a part of your summer and your trips. Uh I also frequently do the same thing. I, I actually just traveled up to Seattle and uh this last weekend and I had some podcasts in the queue that I listened to on the way there so it was it was wonderful um so we're glad that we've been able to keep you uh entertained and thank you so much for listening and and letting other people know about the show so um now if you would like to follow Lauren's example you can do the same thing on wherever you're listening to your podcasts um you can give us a review and a star rating and let people know what they think um now it really does help over in Apple Podcasts or iTunes to do that it helps more people find the show so uh really appreciate everyone who does that and like we did with lauren we'll read your review on the air no matter what you say so uh, make sure you uh, you do that for us and we'll call you out you can also follow the entire network at join nerd party over on twitter so make sure you're doing that keeping up with everything that's going on here at the network um not just owl post but we have so many great shows for you, you can check out you can also find us on uh facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party where you can interact with all the hosts on the different shows that are happening especially dre and i we love talking to people about harry potter over there on our facebook page and then of course you can find us online at the nerdparty.com where you can find all the shows that we're doing check out all the previous episodes and if you'd like to send us an email go to thenerdparty.com slash contact choose a show choose our post and that email comes to dre and i and we'll be able to interact with you that way so uh dre we finally though this episode we reached the second task which i absolutely adore how she starts this chapter and it's with Hermione yelling at Harry during class. Um, and uh, the way that she uh, she does this thing where she will have an important scene happen between the kids, and it's just taking place in a class. And what's happening in class is really funny and everything, but the conversation they're having is semi-serious. So I just, there's, it, to me, it's there's a lot of, of whimsy when she does something like this, and it just kind of gets you an idea of what it's like to be at Hogwarts. And I just, I don't know. The, the beginning of this chapter, I was just like, oh, I want to go to Hogwarts. Yeah, it's really um, it's really interesting. I, I like, they even straight up kind of say that in, uh, in the book. You know, they're like, oh, well, they can have this conversation because everyone is having so much fun that they're not even paying attention to them. So, you know, because a few a little bit in you're kind of like why are they talking about this in like this big public setting where someone could easily overhear them um so she really just straight up tells you the fact that hey they have a good time so you know everyone's having a good time so it's nothing to be concerned about um so it it is it's interesting and it's fun that they are able to use the cover Mm -hmm. of class um to do something like this so well, and the charm sound 
class here just sounds really fun because they're they're doing a summoning charm and a banishing charm and so they're practicing with like pillows like bringing a pillow to me and then throwing the pillow away into this box they're supposed to be going to and like instead of like people doing it correctly they keep hitting each other in the head with the pillows and it it kind of sounds like a magical pillow fight yeah and i really i really like that hermione it's just like this is that moment where she is so good at what she does that like being good at what she does is like an advantage right because she can have this conversation Mm -hmm. and she's still mastered this and she's still technically doing what she needs to do for class but she doesn't have to think about it because you know like we've already figured this out she's already got it down she can literally do it without even considering um what's happening so i i thought it was i thought it was cute it was a cute little um way that she sort of shows and reminds you that Mm-hmm. She's just very good at what she does. So, Well, and the conversation they're having is so interesting, too, because she's trying to get on Harry for not really having figured out the egg yet until now. And he's trying to talk about the fact of all the things he just learned about Snape and Moody and, you know, Dumbledore having Snape's office uh, looked at. And then, of course, uh, the fact that Snape has been given a second chance and what does that all mean and so it really builds on everything that happened in that last chapter but it kind of brings home this whole idea that you know Snape is still very much an enigma for these kids as to if he's a good guy or a bad guy or just a jerk we we as consumers of the product know what's going on already um but overall they they kind of don't know and and they're not putting together the clues which from a place of knowledge seems so obvious um i would be curious to hear from our listeners who are reading through this for the first time um if it's as obvious to them as it sort of will be in the long run Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah it's um it's that that moment as a reader that you're like hey this is it guys you want to like shout to them and tell them um because it seems so much like they should already know but it's again one of those nods to the fact that they're just kids you know Mm -hmm. they don't aren't thinking about things from the same perspective that maybe an adult would be so well and, and i do kind of love this whole thought process because you know harry is very interested in this because he And he says something I think anybody would say, which is, I just kind of want to know what Snape did the first time for him to need a second chance. This is interesting. Um, And so on top of that, though, they can't quite figure out what in the world Mr. Crouch is doing. Like, if why is he pretending to be ill and he can't make it to the ball, but he can be sneaking around the castle at night. This doesn't make any sense. And so, yeah, like you said, there's this whole thing where if you're super smart, you put all this together. Um, if this if this is your first time, and then if you've read it before, everything is really making sense here, even though it's not making sense for the characters. So. It's, I don't know, it is a lot of fun to watch them kind of struggle with um, both of these things because they are both answers and 
only one of these things will actually be answered for them in this book. The Snape question right. is going to wait. The Snape one we get pieces of over the next mm-hmm. several books and learn a little bit about over time, but it's definitely not the same. We're definitely going to get a, a conclusion to the questions that we get about Mr. Crouch um, in this book, um, but the rest of it, we get, we get somewhat of an answer about that but we st- it, the answer we get only leads to more questions yeah so well and uh interestingly enough too you know uh they get back a letter from Sirius um and uh you know Harry had told him everything and so now um Harry writes back I like that Hermione though in that moment I like that Hermione is the 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 one to be like answer him real quick here's my quill send it let's go like let's keep moving let's keep moving yeah um, well and, and it's important you know like she understands the importance of keeping um i guess an adult in the loop you know <laughs> which is nice um and it also sounds like the answer's soon mm-hmm. like she yep. wants to make sure he has plenty of time if yep. he's planning something right which he is because he wants to know when the date of the next hogsmeade weekend is yeah and so which was like a week or two out mm -hmm. which harry isn't quite sure uh exactly why he'd want to know that but he quickly writes the answer back and and sends it off again and so i thought that you know i i like i for and i forgot how much more serious is involved in the book than he is in the movie obviously and yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that happen, mm-hmm. particularly in this chapter, that are very very different um, than mm-hmm. than in the the movie. Um, you get the same ultimate outcome, but they're very different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I I also what I think it does is it it actually really helps once you get to the fifth book, you know, because you've had more of a relationship. Um, and if you only watch the movies, it doesn't make as much sense. Um, it just so, doesn't seem to have the same impact. No, no. I mean, it's it's still tough. And I think that actors do a good job of, of selling mm-hmm. the impact that the fifth book has. Um, but I, I, it definitely is more um, weighty mm-hmm. if you actually read the books. So, Well, and, and that's something, too, that's kind of fun here. Uh, as well, this relationship with that they have with Hagrid, and he's finally back, you know, teaching, and he's changed his tactics a little bit in, in teaching, and um, continued on with the unicorns and uh, brought in, you know, two um, foals, which is really cool, and you know, he's just as knowledgeable about unicorns as he is about, um, you know, something with fangs, which I I love the way they that she writes it, how he seems quite disappointed that they don't have any poisonous fangs <laughs> which was great um but i also uh, i love too that it continues to be motivation for harry who still hasn't quite figured out this task which is that you know hagrid's like you're gonna win you're gonna do great and it's really putting that pressure on harry to try and figure something out and even before the night before the task he they still haven't found anything in the library. They've been in the library for weeks together trying to figure this out and nothing, which Hermione seems to find as a personal insult that the library is failing them, which 
I I may have laughed out loud at that line just because it's really well written. <laughs> it kills me. It kills me. And and I can totally see her saying that. And I can totally see like uh, Emma Watson, you know, delivering that line. Like mm-hmm. it's just so perfect. Um, I I loved. It was just hilarious. It's it's that moment where you're just like, all right, bigger picture here. Come on now. Yeah, and you know, I can understand. I, they're all frustrated though because they've been looking in these books. They've even been looking in the restricted section. They're not finding anything. Um, and I think uh, that you know the it it also gets worse because you know Fred and George show up and say McGonagall wants to talk to you know Hermione and and Ron, and they're like, well, we'll we'll be back. You know, we'll you get as many books as you can and we'll meet you in the common room. And then they never show up. So Harry is just in panic mode at this point because he has no idea what to do. And and he falls asleep. I like the little moment where he falls asleep and Crookshanks falls asleep in his lap. And then um, it's just uh, that cat, man. I just love that cat. <laughs> hmm. Well, and it's kind of um, interesting, too, because Harry goes to the library, um, much like the, the first movie, with his... Invisibility cloak, and he is studying all night. And the next thing he knows, he's getting woken up again by Dobie, telling him that he has ten minutes to get to the challenge. <laughs> right, I and that's very that's so. Di- this is the big part here that's so different from the movie. Um, you know, he doesn't have any time to process what's happening. He know he. I think. If I remember correctly, he even considers just not showing up because mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to do it. I think he says that to Dobby, like, what's the point? I don't I I'm not going to be able to do anything anyway. Um, you know what? Uh, and then at the same time is panicking because 10 minutes to get down to the lake is is not really enough time, especially from a dead sleep. Um, he still doesn't know where Ron and Hermione is or why why Ron did wake him. Um, and he, you know, kind of goes running off, and and Dobby is the one who provides him the solution to his problem, which is interesting. Yeah, and I love the way he he you know says that he got. It. He's like, I hear things, you know, being a house elf, and I I heard of a way that could help Harry Potter, and so I wanted to make sure that he could breathe underwater and save his friend, you know, uh, which is <laughs> it's just quite adorable that he keeps calling his wheezy. <laughs> Yeah, his wheezy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. He wants him to save his wheezy. The thing that I also thought was so much more interesting about this is that the way that the task is described, you know, there there isn't that thing in the movie where you have the, the stands in the lake, you know, everybody's on the shore. And they don't seem to be wearing anything special other than their robes. robes. Yeah, which yeah. is also fascinating to me. I feel like I might have wanted to put on a swimsuit for this one. Right, you would think. Yeah. But, you know, wizards do things their own way. And I I really like her description of Harry and the gillyweed and what it's like, that experience of basically being turned into fish. Um. And yes, much more descriptive sound, than we get. It doesn't sound pleasant. Like, it just sounds pretty awful. Yeah, it basically starts to choke uh, on regular air. And, you know, 
goes underwater and realizes he can breathe but it's just it's crazy like just imagine all of a sudden feeling like you were suffocating well and then it's got to be kind of weird when your you know feet and your hands grow into be like webbed and then flippered it's <laughs> it's just got right. to be a strange sensation um but i do i like you know uh, the underwater stuff is is also interesting as well. You know, Harry gets attacked by the Grindylows, and he's able to fight them off. Um, he runs into Moaning Myrtle, which I I was like, oh, this is great. I totally forgot this happens, honestly. Um, and the fact that uh, she actually is the one who kind of gives him dist- some directions, and she helps him again. So it does seem pretty clear that Moaning Myrtle has a favorite uh, when it comes to... Um, you know, corporeal people. She seems mm-hmm. to really like Harry, and she helps him out, and she points him in the right direction to go find, um, you know, his wheezy. Yeah, because it's not as straightforward as the movie mm-hmm. presents it, where he just kind of dives down, and there it goes, and he's, you know, magically in the place of more people. Like he has to find it, which is part of this whole thing, and they've only got an hour. Yes. So. You know, it's very different. Um, and so he shows up to these mer people, right? Which are also very, uh, they're a little different than what's shown in the movie. You know, they have like this greenish gray skin and he seems to be able to kind of speak underwater, but not really. Um, but, you know, he, he gets there and is the first one to arrive, which these mer people know and see, you know, and he, um, they're not as violent as they're made out to be in the in the movie like the movie they seem like very angry dangerous like creatures and here they're just like we can't help you and they're kind of like laughing at him as he's trying to free ron and figure it out and you know it's just a different feeling that you get like this is definitely not meant to be a threat to them it's just meant Mm -hmm. to be like it's just meant to be something they had to figure out and how quickly they could do it and how, you know, it was definitely like a knowledge based thing, mm-hmm. um, which was different, very different than how they paint it in the movie. So the description, too, of the the mer people is quite similar to what we get in the book and not quite as colorful. Um, right. But the fact that they are much more fishy, you know, like they, they don't look like the little mermaid. Right. And so um, and. I love the description of that where they live, you know, um, and and then you know Harry actually finding uh, all four, you know, people waiting to be picked up by their person. And my favorite thing in this is Harry picks up a rock to, uh, you know, hack the yeah. ropes, and I'm thinking you do have a wand in your hand, and then later uses his wand mm-hmm. to like threaten the yes. more people to leave you know let him let the others go but yes he he had his wand the whole time but he mm-hmm. used a rock like i just thought it was weird i just that's the thing that i was cracking up with i was like harry you i don't know it, and it, it's it's actually something that's very consistent about harry though is that he he still hasn't gotten used to the fact that he's a wizard you know he's, yeah there's just it's it's tough you know you you haven't been doing this your whole life. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's a relatable thing, right? Like we, we as readers wouldn't be reaching for our wands, right? We would be scrounging around and looking for a rock. And it's another good way to tie in 
us as readers and make it a relatable situation and that like I can't just mm-hmm. bust out my wand and do the dishes like I have to go do the dishes so um you know it's just a nice reminder of that and then you know also kind of makes you giggle when you realize that he uses his wand not two or three minutes later and yep yeah and still hasn't put together the fact <laughs> like, <laughs> that he could have used his wand the whole time <laughs> okay that's okay sweetie uh no it is great uh, and i think i think that's one of the things that um she does a really good job in is 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 creating as we've talked about before but i mean just the psychology of the character and and not immediately always turning to magic as an answer because you know for most of his life that hasn't been the answer and so he just doesn't always think about that first and i i do really like that about him and and then of course here we get Harry worried about everybody else, and he's like trying to free the other people, and they're like the mer people are like, no, this you, you just free your friend and go leave the others, and he's so worried though that about these other people, and and when you think about it, you know you've got Hermione there, you've got Cho there, and then a girl he doesn't know, but he's pretty sure is Flora's sister. And right, process of elimination. Yeah. figured out who that goes to. <laughs> um. But I, I I think it's so fascinating because, you know, of course they all get saved except for Fuller's sister and he, he fights his way to save her um, and he gets the top. And his whole frustration once he gets there realizing, well, of course they weren't going to die. You know, like, because Ron's like, I hope you didn't try to be a hero. You know, Dumbledore's not going to let us die. And Harry is so caught up in the moment that he never even thought about that, but there is this, um, I don't know, what did you think about that? Especially with the book, because it's, it's even more pronounced here. Yeah, I mean, in the movie, they don't, they don't, they sort of like, go like, well, he wouldn't let us die, but like, no one sort of backs up that claim, and it's not quite as strong. You know, in this, in the book, we paint, they, I think they actually say like, Dumbledore, Dumbledore safeguards, probably would have prevented anyone from dying um but you still have floor freaking out that you know we he saved her sister and you know it's never truly answered whether he would have let them die or not um and i kind of didn't like the fact that there was never any real peril to them because i feel like that's sort of part of the trial was the psychological element of, of having the weight of saving someone on you, right? And having to make that choice of I'm taking my person and I'm going. I feel like that's part of the obstacle. Um, and maybe that's just painted for me because I've seen the movie more than I've read the book. Um, but for me, that sort of, I feel like not having the weight of that there sort of negated the fact that Harry gets a boost for trying to save everyone, you know, because Dumbledore talks to the Mer person leader who tells them that he was the first to arrive and wanted to save everyone. And they, you know, they wouldn't let him. And uh, I, I sort of feel like the awarding of strong moral fiber is almost a little not appropriate if they were never in any real harm. You know, I, I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't resonate as well as it played out in the movie for me. Um, but it also makes more sense 
that they probably were not going to leave these poor kids on the floor. I mean, like what school sends who, what school do you send your kids to that are going to be, you know, bound and strapped to the bottom of a lake without a choice and left there to die. Like that, that, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that would really work out. Um, but it, it removes a little bit of, I feel like the intention behind the trial away. But yeah, I, I think, um, I think it, it doesn't bother me too much because the psychology of Harry during the trial, it, I think, is exactly what you were saying and what they're going for, which is that it's my job to save this person, you know, um, and that for Harry, you know, showing that moral fiber of that, it, it wasn't, it's, it's more important to make sure everybody's okay than to win. Um, and and that is something that is a very um, that's just not a trait you saw in anybody else in the challenge, you know. And so, um, and yes, if if he had thought about it logically in a Hermione sense, then yes, he wouldn't have re- he wouldn't <laughs> have um, thought about oh that nobody is you know gonna die, you know, and I don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, but I I guess if you're going to give him bonus points for that being the nature of his approach, you almost needed to to set that expectation somehow. Like it, it almost needed to be painted to all of the contestants so that they I, I don't know, it just isn't it doesn't like there's a piece missing. There's a piece missing to that because I don't know how like yeah, he stopped to save them and the mer person told them that, but like I don't know how you get in Harry's head if you're like, it's one of those things where like breaking it broke the fourth wall for me a little bit. Like as readers, we know that that's what Harry went through and what his thought process was. But then now the other characters also know that, but they didn't have an opportunity to know that. So it's just a little bit of a, a breaking point there for me. Like it's not enough that I'm going to send JK Rowling like an email and be like, this is not right. (laughs) But I mean, all of a sudden, it's one of those things where, like, all the other characters know something that they have no way of knowing. So it just, I mean, there's, you can kind of draw conclusions, but it's just not a very mm-hmm. clear path. It gets a little murky haha, for me. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of the, the, whereas in the movie, them downplaying that a little bit, it becomes less murky. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess I never really thought about it that way. Um well, I got to say, you know, both Harry and Ron get pretty lucky because Floor kisses them both. So, Oh, yeah, from um, Vila. Yeah, there you go. Um, so lucky boys there. Uh, and, of course, you know, Harry finds himself tied with Cedric, which is fantastic as well because of his moral fiber. And my favorite thing is that as he is walking back up to the castle with Ron and Hermione, he's thinking to himself, when I go to Hogsmeade, I'm getting Dobie a pair of socks every day of the year. For every day <laughs> of the year. And I was like, that is a really funny way to end the chapter. <laughs> it is. I also found it interesting, and I, I don't know what the purpose of this was. Um, we, we talk about that, that Rowling writes books and it, kind of everything she does usually has some sort of purpose to it. Um, you know, he, he goes and sees Madame Pomfrey, who gives him something warm to drink. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of it. Like, you don't know what it is or what it's for. And it just se- seemed like a strange detail that 
feels insignificant. So I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't think it does anything, but I, I just found it so, so odd. Like this to me, this chapter just was kind of clunky. Hmm. Like she had a great idea, but didn't quite know how to do it. So hmm, I didn't even think about that. I just kind of put that in the same as the other chapter with the task where Madame Pomfrey is doing her normal things. She's, of, she's, I'm sure she's just healing yeah, them or it's yeah. something to like keep them from getting hypothermia or something. But yeah. it, it's just, it's not explained like oh i drank mm -hmm. this and madame Pomfoy says this is to keep you from getting hypothermia you know like there's just like a missing component to it hmm. and so because she doesn't explain it as well as she does with everything else it seems to kind of stand out as like unfinished hmm. which sometimes seems significant in her works right like a lot that she's been doing we talked about with snape and mr crouch and stuff like that but this one's just it's just weird it just hangs out there there's no reason like it was unnecessary like there's no reason for it could have could have done without that little section and it just reads awkward for me for well me. it's exciting for harry because they don't have a challenge again until june so Yay! quite a so long he's got time. four more months to stew yes quite a long time um and uh you know next chapter it looks like a friend may return because padfoot returns so very excited to dive into that, especially since there's only 10 chapters left. Yikes, so, yeah. we're getting down to it, guys. We really are. So uh, if anybody wants to catch up with you, though, Drea, and talk some Harry Potter or what they think that potion was, where can they find you? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at PCFChick or on Instagram at Drea Kaufman, and it's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And you can find me on Twitter at MattRushing02. And I am on Instagram under the same name. You can also find me here on the network with John Mills talking about Star Wars on Aggressive Negotiations every week. And then I am over on the Trek FM network talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine with Chris Jones on The Orb. And then I do the General Geek Show over there called The 602 Club, um, which... It's a lot of fun. Uh, Andrea's been over there quite a few times. Um, so check us all out over there talking about every fandom that we love. And then last but not least, doing cinema stories with my good friend Courtney, talking about films through the lens of faith. But thank you for checking your outpost. Mischief Managed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 